Radio Network. Welcome to Front Row Material! It's not for everyone! With Jerry Lynn! And I am going to blow you. Excuse me? And Mikey Whiprack! Out of the water. Here's your host, Mike Freeland! Hold on. Ooh. Ooh. You're here for a good time tonight. What, what's our what's our beverage of choice here? Uh, tonight, Coors Light. Ooh, Coors Light. This is, this is about number seven. Really? Oh, so you're <laughs> you're completely lubed up then, right? No, not really. No, just getting warmed up, man. You are. I figure I got to be extra entertaining tonight since our our good friend Jerry's MIA. Yeah, yeah. Jerry is uh, is not with us this evening. Man, that's a bummer. <sighs> Did, did he tell you? It is did a Did he tell you what happened? Yeah, man. What the fuck was that? Oh, I. What was that? It's. Uh, it was playing fucking video it's games. It's Megan in the background. Was she playing Frogger? I, is she playing Frogger? I have no idea. Hubert. <laughs> she wasn't even around when Frogger was around. Oh, um, Jerry. Jerry, when he was young, he played Parcheesi. Yeah. <laughs> he actually carved his own domino set. I was. I was told. He did it out of tusk. Oh my god. He can tickle the ivory. <laughs> wow. You know, it's, it's it's fun. And that's not an elephant tusk. That's a woolly a mammoth woolly, tusk. <laughs> a woolly mammoth. Man. It's been a while since I've heard a woolly mammoth being quoted. You never know what you're going to get here on Front Row Material. You don't. You really don't. That's why you got to pay attention, kids. <laughs> People go, fuck the front row. I'd rather be in the cheap seats. <laughs> Yeah, he texted me, and uh, I don't know if we should be hiding this or not, but, uh, man, he, he got himself into a little brawl. So His dogs kicked his ass. Yeah, they did. They did. He called me on the phone and said, uh, I was feeding my dogs, and I guess I got a little too close. I'm thinking, Jesus. So he's uh, he's a little tore up right me, now. He called, he, he called me in the middle of it. Holy God. Live? As as the fight was going on. Oh, my God. I had a front row view in the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, here I'm flying over the Glen compound. And... Holy fuck. There's two fucking dogs going back you crazy. They're attacking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't even comprehend. Holy shit. Oh, my now, what kind of dogs does he have? They, they, um, they're big, right? Are they Malamutes or Shepherds or Pyrenees? They're probably fucking Mother-in-laws? Chihuahuas. What? They're probably Chihuahuas. 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 Oh. No, I think he's got uh, decent-sized dogs. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're uh, they're fairly large. Because he said he made the mistake of going, uh, going and feeding them too quickly. And I didn't know that was... Uh, I didn't really understand. I I didn't feel like saying what about thirty seven times. Something about him putting them together, him feeding them, and then he got in the way. Right. And then all hell broke loose. Oh my god! So, what I wouldn't do to so, have actual footage of this just to see what happened. Man, he sounded very dejected when I talked to him on the phone. Very. He did. He, he did. He said. He said to me. He goes, "Oh, uh, you know." Do you, do you think we? I'm, I just, I'm not in the mood, and I can't fake it tonight. <laughs> I said, you sound like my wife. <laughs> but I, uh, Mike, we need to talk about last week. We do. We do. And what exactly the happened? The blue chew. The blue chew. Well, the blue chew must have worked for you, my friend, because you, uh, you took a powder before the show even ended. Well, I'm sitting there. <laughs> And I'm, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make my move. <laughs> well, I had, I had taken my blue chew before the the uh, recording. Right. And, uh, you know, I tell you what. They were, as deli- as promised, they delivered. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, yeah, blue chew, okay, whatever. You know, this shit's the fucking real deal. It, uh, like I said... I took my I took my stuff, 
You know what I mean? On an empty stomach with a beer, I might add. And uh, yeah, it definitely improved the performance. Not that I needed help to begin with. Right. Well, but but this this is like a a, a PED. <laughs> You're already crushing home runs. This is just to to pad the stats. Yeah, more more like a double. You know, I don't like to talk about stuff if I don't know it works or not. Right. But for me, the blue chew was it. It was the real deal. It worked. Uh, as advertised, it delivered. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people have been mentioning on social media about the Blue Chew and how do we get the Blue Chew since we heard about it on Front Row Material. Now, guys, it's not that hard. <laughs> no pun intended. You oh, can yes, go ahead and get your... <laughs> well, no, it, it wasn't. Ordering wasn't. The, the aftermath, after the delivery and the consumption... Never mind. It was, uh, as my father would say... Mike, I've got an erection you could strike a match on. <laughs> Tremendous. That is a that is a phrase my father would use on numerous occasions, and I would just say, "All right, I guess I'm sleeping in the basement." My Willie's new name is Blue Chew. I've renamed it. I, did it have a name before? No, but it does now. <laughs> it now has a name. That's awesome. Well, if you guys want to get your own Blue Chew that we've been talking about for the last several weeks here on Front Row Material, you have the opportunity to get it right now. You guys can go ahead and you can fill out a form. Now, Mikey, was that form really hard to fill out or was it pretty simple? It took like 30 seconds. See? Real easy. Real easy. And you didn't have to go to the doctor. You didn't have to have those awkward conversations. You have to drop your pants and say, hey, listen, this is what's going on. Everything's discreet. Everything's professional. It's prescribed to you from a doctor here in the United States. And when it gets shipped to you, there wasn't any awkward packaging or anything. Or was it pretty, pretty nice and private? No, I told you. I, <laughs> I shipped it to work. Wow. Because they said it would be, you know, indiscreet. So I said, well, we're going to fucking find out. And, uh, yeah, came to work. No questions asked. People thought the form was nice and easy. A couple questions. And it was good to go. You see how you know what what makes life so easy? When the process of a, of getting something to make your life more enjoyable is easy. And if you guys like things that are nice and easy, then you need to go over to bluechew.com. Right now bluechew.com has got a promotional offer for us all of our great listeners on Front Row Material. If you go over there and you use promo code ECW, you can go ahead and you can get your order for free. Just pay the $5 for shipping and you can get yourself well on your way to going ahead and having a little extra fun in the bedroom that might last a little longer than expected with the assistance of some blue chew. And not only that, round two, my friend, I probably... If I wasn't fat and out of shape, I probably could have had round three. <laughs> Were you getting a little blown up after uh, round two? I was a little blown up. <laughs> well, you're, but you're not fat, Mikey. You're doing really well. You're on that keto diet, too. Well, I've taken a couple weeks off the keto. Okay. I've only put on about like five pounds. Well, that's nothing. No. So once, uh, probably after the weekend. With, with Easter coming, uh, well, Easter. With, the, with Easter coming, everything else, I kind of took a, a few weeks of just enjoying myself. Yeah, just like... In, chicken parm. Chicken parm, blue chew, you know. That, that is pleasure personified, my friend. And remember, guys, you don't have to go ahead and take this with food. You don't have to take this with anything else. You can even take this on an empty stomach. It is cheaper than the other two. You know, the other two, Viagra and Cialis. And this stuff is in a chewable form. It's fantastic. It works quickly. And what's better than when you know the moment is going to be happening that you can go ahead and pop a blue chew and then happen the sack and uh, go a few rounds, if you will. I was I was very impressed with the performance of blue chew. And so the blue chew was impressed with my performance. I was going to say the blue chew probably popped, didn't it? Or was that you? Something popped. Yeah. <laughs> 
remember, guys, go on over to BlueChew.com. That is B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Type in promo code ECW. Go ahead and get your first order for free. Just go ahead and pay the $5 for shipping and handling. It'll get delivered to you discreetly. You don't have to worry about going to the doctor, any awkward conversations. Once again, no doctor visit required, and it is prescribed by a doctor here in the U.S. of A. Go ahead, chew it, and do it. That's promo code ECW. Love it. Extra chubby Willie. <laughs> Not extra chubby dick. No, no, but uh, but I got what you were your meaning last week, and that was good. Well, do you know? Do you know why I screwed that up? Why is that? Because we say easy dub, easy dub. I'm thinking dub. D, D you're right. D. You're so right. That's, that's why. See, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I screwed it up. Man. But anyway, should we do an open? Buddy, where's the spatula? Okay, kids, let's go. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenbloom, president of Spatula City. I like their spatulas so much, I bought the company. Spatula City, seven locations. We're in the yellow pages under spatulas. My, where did you get that lovely spatula? Spatula City, we sell spatulas, and that's all. All right, fuck it. You, should we do it or shouldn't we? This is Mikey, and this is Freeland, and Jerry's MIA. <laughs> all right, so, so many things have been going on since the last time we all sat down here and did this thing called Front Row Material, but I want to touch on something here, Mikey. I want to get your take on this. A lot of people have been asking me this question. They're digging the show. They love it. They're having fun. But there's a name that keeps coming up that people want to know if we have some stories, some anecdotes about this individual. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mr. Spike Dudley. And I tell you what, people love themselves. Some Spike Dudley memories from ECW. Do you, what are your thoughts on Spike Dudley? When was the first time you met Spike? And do you have any interesting stories about him? Spikey. Well, I call him Spikey. Spikey and Mikey, because we, we teamed for a while. But uh, my pet name was Spikey for him. So it's funny, if I sent him a text and he didn't like he didn't have my new number, and I said, Spikey, and he knew right away it was me. Nice. Just, just, by, just by the initial greeting. But I'm, I don't think I met Spike until he started in ECW. And his first weekend in, I think it was the first time I met him. And I didn't like him. Really? <laughs> well, no, I liked him. But I didn't like him because it was another little guy. And you... So at the, at the time, I was a little uh, intimidated by this, this little guy that could work. This could be somebody taking your spot. Taking my spot. Right. Yeah. But no, that lasted all of, I don't know, a week. And I just realized what a great guy he was. And uh, we just became friends. Now, from what I understand, Spike, when he came into ECW, he was automatically, or not automatically, but he was quickly packaged with uh, the Dudleys. So what was your thought with, did you think that was a good fit? What was your thoughts when you saw him being uh, teamed up with them? Kind of take me through that process. He looked like a Spike. And when he put the overalls and the, and the, the tie-dye on, with the, with the glasses and his hair, it just... It fit perfectly. Like he, he looked like a spike. Little Spike Dudley, LSD. It fit perfect. Yeah, when you look back on clips of ECW and you, you see that group together, I mean, you you can't help but associate Spike with Bubba Ray and Devon. And obviously, you know, for the for the hardcore fans, obviously Big Dick Dudley. 
How over was that faction when it came to ECW? I mean, would you put them up there in the upper echelon of performers who got the the best pops when a show was going on? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when they first started, you know, they were like a mid-card act when they first started. You know, Bubba was doing the stuttering and, you know, Devon was there with, with Big Dick. And they added Spike to the mix. And it just... I don't know, when they turn Bubba heel and go with Devon, I mean, fuck. I mean, they just fucking owned it. I mean, they, they rose right to the top. I mean, there was like no... No doubt in my mind, because I, I knew Bubba from before, when he was Mongo Vile, working the indies. Um, we kind of broke in together, me and Bubba. And, you know, just the pairing together, just the chemistry with Bubba and Devon was just perfect. You know, so it just, and them just getting heat, and they were not afraid to get heat, and they were not afraid to own it, and they didn't give a fuck. As, as you can tell, some of the old footage, especially the fan camp stuff that wasn't on TV. Oh, that stuff was gold. Man, Bubba, Devon, they love getting heat. Man, they ate it up. Definitely old school. You know, plenty of times Bubba would, you know, get in somebody's face, and he would be fucking just jawjacking with somebody. And he's telling them, hop the rail, good, hop the rail, come on, come on, pussy. Come on, hop the rail. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. And there's Atlas. I just remember Ronnie from Atlas standing right next to the guy going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Bubba's egging him on. Atlas is telling him, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You know, every now and then, somebody would do it. <laughs> and then we had a typical riot. Jeez, Yeah, but man, they, the Dudleys were so good. You know, they just, just as heels, they just fucking clicked. When it... You know, thinking back and, and looking at the way the Dudleys were, and obviously with Spike as well, is there any other factions you can think of in wrestling? Maybe not necessarily when you were working or maybe when you were a fan. Was there any factions you could closely associate them with or say they remind me of, or would you say they were just one of their own? For me, they were one of their own. Just a completely unique gimmick. You know, with Bubba and Devon. You know, with the glasses and the tie-dye. You know, the overalls to start. And it's just... No. I can't think of anybody that was just that... into getting heat and just that over. Maybe the gangsters a little bit, in a, in a different way. With, with New Jack and Mustafa and Smoky Mountain. I mean, that's a whole different type of heat. Sure. You know, th this is just, people just legitimately just hated Bubba and Diva. Well, isn't the old adage, if you're a heel and you can still get over and get cheered, then you're even worth more than the baby face that you're working? Could be, eventually. Depending, you know, as long as you have a baby face that could keep up with you. You know, if you're just a heel that's just awesome, everybody's cheering you, you have no baby faces that can keep up, then there's really not much value to it. But if you're a heel that can get over that much and then have a baby face you can work with to keep up the heat, then yeah, definitely. How hard was it, you know, when you were talking about you and Jerry obviously weren't the the big monsters in wrestling and, and you guys had mentioned, man, you really had to have something that made yourself stand out. What do you think when you look at Spike, outside of being able to work, which which is obviously huge, what other intangibles do you think Spike had that really made him stand out and people really take notice to him because from a stature standpoint he wasn't much but yet he was more than he needed to be would you agree oh definitely he had the charisma as a babyface with the never back down you know you know the smallest dog in the fight you know type of you know scrappy do right <laughs> Uh, you know, but just with his look and his character and his just tenacity and his ability to go out there and just bump and take a beating, uh, very similar to me, you know, just, just got over got by getting beat up, you know, he, Spike just had it, you know. Would you say there's something that's endearing to the fans with somebody who's just willing to put it out there on the line, regardless of the outcome? They're just they're willing to go ahead and just throw caution to the wind and just whether it's on a winning end or not, just pouring your heart out there, even in a losing effort, people will really gravitate towards you? Yes. 
especially in smaller buildings um, with a passionate fan base. You know, in ECW, they, they would shit all over you. When you were new, they would shit on you until you earned their respect. And they said, oh, this guy can fucking work, or this guy's willing to fucking do what it takes to get over and entertain us. You know, and Spike was definitely more than willing to do that. And they took to him. You know, I mean, that's how I got over too, just getting beat up, you know, and pe- people just appreciated the effort. And you even said many times before, you didn't mind being the beat up guy. You, you didn't have any problem with that if it never went any further than that. But you, you obviously, you evolved and you worked your way all the way up to the main event and winning the ECW championship. So, you know, it, it shows to me that what ECW recognized was tenacity and the will and the drive to do basically whatever it takes can result in uh, in being a champion in that, in that promotion where maybe in others, maybe more so having the look, the body, the politics might have played a little bit more of a, of a factor. Would you agree with that? Uh, in the bigger places it did. You know, and ECW towards the end, I think it got that way a little bit. But even then, if you worked hard and you got over, you were going to get a push. You know, it might not come right away, but Paul knew and Tommy knew, because Tommy at the end was helping with the book too. You know, they they recognized it, and they were going to reward people who worked hard. I mean, I think one of the things that really stands out in my mind when we talk about ECW was they were really diverse. They had the luchadors. They had the Mexicans. They obviously had, you know, the the, the more of the gangster street fight type of mentality that was used in a lot of the matches. Very riotous atmosphere. I think the other two promotions, they either didn't want to go down that road or they were nervous about going down that road. Do you think that it took a while maybe for WCW or the WWE to do what you guys were doing because they eventually came around was because of sponsorship and they were worried about maybe offending an audience where ECW was like, hey, this is what we are. Take it or leave it. We really had nothing to lose. You know, we, we didn't, you know, it was like, oh, we can't do this. This is going to happen. We can't do this. This is going to happen. We, we in the beginning we were paying for our TV slots, you know. So unless we did something really, really bad, you know, they were going to keep us on the air. Now, granted, the Sunshine Network kicked us off after after I got caned by uh, by Sandman, the whole aunt, the whole angle with Nancy. Right. We were like getting off of me getting beat up. Well, <laughs> they, kicked, they kicked us off. Well, okay, let's pause right there for a second. So let me ask you this question: How do you? How does the word come down that? Hey, this angle that we did obviously result in us not being on a network anymore. Is that something that Paul ends up telling you guys, or is it something that maybe Tommy relays on the DL? Or how do you find out that this angle resulted in X, Y, and Z happening? Well, I think the guys in the office knew, and then it just trickled down to the locker room. <laughs> I remember going to Paul. I go, "Oh man, I guess you know the angle we did. He gets kicked off. He goes, ah, fuck him." <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back or we'll go somewhere else. I I just think that mentality works because the the reason why I say it works is from the standpoint of you got to be true to who you are and what your product is. I think if you start manipulating it and changing it because you want to fit it to the specifications of other people, I think you start to lose the authenticity. And I think if that's what you guys had done, let's say some sponsors had come in and said, or a network came in, you know, as we know, WWE is going to be with Fox. And they said, hey, you know, we need this to be portrayed on your show. We need these guys to be, you know, being pushed even more. And I need you to stay away from calling these teams this names or whatever. I really think it would have watered down your product. And I think that that's what ECW was. And I don't think you guys could have been censored. And I know that's kind of a catchphrase, but it really was the mantra of what the company was. Yeah, we were the little company with all the um, guys that never made it to WWF, WWE, or WCW, or the guys that had come back and who had a miserable time there is initially how it was. You know, so it was a guy just full of fucking piss and vinegar, you know, with something to prove. They say, hey, we can do it. Man, when you look back and you look at all the people who came through ECW, the Rey Mysterios, 
the Jerichos, the Benoits, the Steve Austins, um, the, the, the names that obviously went on to the other companies and really, really did well for themselves, a lot can be attributed to them being seen and spotlighted and letting them be themselves on ECW TV. Would you say in that regard, Paul was more open-minded than maybe an Eric Bischoff or Vince McMahon was at the time? Well, Paul's definitely, Paul had his hand on the pulse. He had his finger right on the, uh, right on the pinpoint. He knew what was going to be, he had, he, he was on top of pop culture. You know, he told me in July of 94, maybe June, that extreme was going to be the new thing. That's going to be the next buzzword. And he was right. Yeah. Not just from ECW, but, you know, from extreme sports and and everything else. He just knew extreme was going to be the buzzword. And he fucking hit on it. You know, between that and the the more realistic angles he would do with the violence, with the music he was using, with the gritty look, he, he hit in pop culture. That's what was working at the time. And he went right with it. And he fucking hit the nail on the head. In your opinion, why do you think... And I know part of the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Why do you think WCW and WWF at the time were so cartoony and so campy? I mean, I know that their demographic was kids, and I get that standpoint. But why do you think it was so hokey as why ECW decided to not be like that? That's just the way it went. I mean, in the mid-'80s, they started getting more into characters. And I think they went so far into characters that it became ridiculous. Right. The goon. You know. Uh, Abe Knuckleball. Abe, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> the original MVP. Yep. Uh, you know, just just think, it just got so ridiculous. You know, and and the, you know the audience they were catering to. You know, when I was. You know. 13, 14 years old in the mid-80s. You know, it was like, okay, cool. It's kind of getting a little charactery. Okay, fine. But when those fans grew up, <laughs> 91, 92, 93, you know, and these guys are like 20 years old, those type of characters weren't going to work. No. You know, so when you get, you talk about the 18 to 34-year-old market, I mean, Paul was, you know, that was our demographic at the point, you know. Tommy and Paul and me and Taz and Shane Douglas and Dreamer, everybody except Terry Funk. <laughs> you know, we, we we were in that demographic. You know, so we knew what the people wanted, and Paul especially knew, and he just fucking went for it. You know, the whole Nirvana and everything else. I mean, the grunge. That was it. What do you think would happen right now? Everybody in their prime, everyone healthy, ECW, the full roster, you drop them on TV right now. How much would they smash the competition? It would flop. You think it would? It would flop. Why is that? Yeah, it's a different culture. It would never. It would never work. You don't think the grit? You think the grittiness might be considered a little too offensive at this day and age? The, the PC oh, world we live in. Are you kidding? I mean, I know the answer. I'm just. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Are you kidding? I know it's. Everyone's offended by everything nowadays. For better or for worse, this is the society now. We have to live in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and either you adapt to what the culture is going with, the way society goes, or you don't. Do you, you know, and even then, ECW, I think we were too underground, too gritty. And I think it was going to be hard for us to hit the, the mainstream without watering down the product. Do you feel like you did water down the product once you guys went to TNN? Uh and when I say watered it, let me clarify, meaning there was a heavy hand from their side of the negotiating table that was dictating what you could do, what you could say, what you couldn't do and couldn't say. I think to a point, I think also to a point, when you're on a national TV deal, there are expectations. And again, I think we were very underground. And when you pop us out from the underground, it was like a weird, how do I put this? It was a weird 
trying to think of the best way to put this. Hmm. I'm, st- I'm struggling to find the right words to say this. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not struggling because I don't want to offend somebody. I'm struggling because I don't know exactly how to put it. <laughs> no, it, and it's funny that you you mentioned underground because whenever I thought of it, I thought of the product, I thought of Fight Club. Right. What happens at Fight Club stays in Fight Club. And I felt like it, it had that, well, this is our Fight Club. And this was never intended to be seen by the GP. This was something that was more voyeuristic, you know, as if you're looking through a hole in the wall and you're seeing this carnage happen. And then all of a sudden you leave the building and it's back to normal life. Right. Good way to put it. Let's put it this way. When you go to a national television distribution, there are certain things you have to do to compete on a national level. Uh, maybe water down the product a little bit. That might be part of it. Um, but when you do that and you change your product a little bit to fit more with the mainstream, you're going to alienate the people at the bottom that were, that are, you know have been there from the beginning, the foundation. So they're going to complain it's not the same. And then you can't go completely mainstream, but you can't go completely underground. So you're kind of stuck in the middle where you're trying to serve two masters. And it was just different. When I came back from WCW in at the end of 99, it was different. It was a different vibe in the company because they had the TNN deal. It was just different. I'm not saying it was worse, you know, but it was just it was just different. It didn't have that that same gritty feel to it. So, the Dudley Boys, you know, you know, bring this conversation full circle here and with Spike and the things that they would do. I was wondering, so where, where do, I thought we were talking about Spike. We we are, and, and I I had I I had a. Had a arc that I was going on. What to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You boys a bit bored? Step into it! Step into a slim jam! Turn to the spice! Make me just a taste! Hey, nice! Antique! Step into it! Need a little excitement? Step into a slim jam! Obviously, they, they weren't able to do the same things that they had done prior to that. They obviously had to tone things down, you know. And then obviously they were already off to WWF or soon thereafter. Right. Well, that didn't help either. Well, that was my next question. So once you guys who were this underground fight club, if you will, and people realize how entertaining you are, the Spike Dudleys, the Devons, the Bubba Rays, they're getting recognized now. And obviously, there are more phone calls going back and forth. Hey, how about you work for us? How about you work for us? That's got to be really tough, too, because guys that help build the company are now being lured away by more lucrative deals. Do you feel like in any way, shape, or form, not to say it was wrong to leave, because obviously you got to follow the, the paycheck, but to leave a company that you, that they were on the precipice of going to the next level? Or do you think a lot of people thought the TNN thing was about as far as it was going to go? No, I just think that these guys started getting offers. You know, listen, the, the, you're a Northeast guy. Okay. Yes. You, you kind of are. You're not like on the East Coast, East Coast, but you're a Northeast guy. Right. When the WWE comes calling, you're going to pay attention. Oh, Absolutely. You know, so with Taz, who grew up in Long Island, Brooklyn, Bubba, who grew up on Long Island, Devon, who grew up, you know, out that way. I mean, the WWF, WWF comes calling, WWE, you're going to pick up the phone. You know, and when they're going to give you an opportunity like that, you know, that, that you know, back, it's a little different now, you know, because there are other places guys can go now. But when the WWF calls, you're going to pick up the phone. You're going to go. You know, I think Tommy Dreamer might be the only guy who would never go when they called. Now, was, was that because he was just so loyal to what yes. the, the product was or he was just so staunch in his beliefs of what wrestling should be? I don't think he had a belief of what wrestling should be, but Tommy loved ECW. I mean, Tommy was ECW. So for him to go to WWF and leave ECW wasn't going to happen. It happened eventually, but ECW was gone. 
do you think in some reason that's why he did House of Hardcore was because to pay homage to what he loved if he could create something in its image? I don't know if it's necessarily that, but Tommy, you know, no bullshit, no politics, just wrestling. Right. That's that's how Tommy is. You know, so there's no, House of Hardcore, there's no bullshit. I haven't been there, you know, frequently or very often or in a while, actually. But it had a kind of an ECW feel to it. Where the guys were just there, want to have a good time, put on a good show. You know, and that was it. Get paid Which is kind of how ECW was in the beginning. When you when you say have a good time, we've heard we've heard tons of stories. And obviously we're gonna have the blue meanie back, hopefully sooner than later. And, and he was talking about the cylinder of We sin. have we have a list of people we do. that we have to get on. I agree. You know we we have to get on. I gotta reach out to him again. We have to get on the devil. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's put it this way. When I last time I talked to him and he goes, Ah, Mikey, how <laughs> debaucherous can we be? I'm going, holy fuck. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right away. Wow. So we didn't want to rely on people coming on and said, Oh well, now we have a guest this week and a guest and a guest and a guest. Right. You know. We want to suck on our own. <laughs> and then we need to pop a rating to bring somebody on. When we, when we start to need to make some money, we're like, oh, let's get this person. Yeah. Well, we get paid for this shit? <laughs> we pay for our own damn time slot. What are you talking about? Um, you know, I'd like to know. I'd like to know every person who does legitimately use the coupon. How I, everybody, think, I don't blame them for using it. No. <laughs> there was one guy who said, I didn't use a coupon just because. I knew Mikey wouldn't like. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's money right there. That's awesome. Uh terrible. I just bust balls about the coupon. I mean, I don't blame people for using it. I'd use a fucking coupon, too. If Ozzy Osbourne had a fucking coupon, I'd fucking use it. Hey, at the end of the day, you're still buying the merch, and we appreciate that. Yeah, we really do. All, all kidding aside. I mean, we right. we give we give now, you fuck a, that. a don't, hard don't time be a, don't, 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 don't thing, be but. fucking... No, fuck that shit. Don't be fucking cheap. <laughs> Pay full fucking price. We're not getting rich if anyone thinks that. <laughs> We we are not no. I'm uh, I'm driving a sixteen year old car. If I was rich, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. That's <laughs> no offense, but we'd be and spending you, our money. And I'll tell you what. To be frank, I'd have to change my name. <laughs> so, I had this question. So, and then we just we just got Hello, way my off brand, rails. I am a Scorpio. <laughs> Good evening. Mikey, stop playing with your dinghy. Torrent's <laughs> kicking in. Sorry. Did you, did you ever get noises. to party? <laughs> Jesus, I'm never going to get this out. Did you ever get to party with Spike? What 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 type of person was Spike outside of the ring? Yeah, Spike and I, we popped LSD. We were, we were partying with Lionel Richie, dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> No, Spike. Don't be hating on my Lionel Richie. Oh, please. <laughs> Fucking American Idol. Give me a break. So, I, see, I traveled with Spike for a while. And okay. for a while, it was it was Spike, PJ, and me, and me. And Chris Chetty was in there for a while, too. But traveling with Spike was easy because there was no drama. He didn't care where we stayed. You know, I like to drink. You know, he liked to do other things. Right. And by other things, I mean, he liked the 420. Nice. Which, which honestly is all I ever spike, I saw Spike do, to be honest. But. And let's, you know, and let's be just, honest right here. That That's about the safest thing you can even do. Am I right? Uh, apparently. Yeah. But he was pretty tame, pretty, pretty laid back. Oh. Just wanted to have a good time. So, so laid back. Wanted to work, just have a good time, travel, no drama. Let's put it this way. Spikey was so laid back and so chill that he wanted to get a tattoo of an otter obring a clam on its belly. Wow. Wow. And that's that's Spike. He goes, ah, just 
floating down the river on my back, not a care of the world, opening a clam. But isn't it refreshing to to meet people like that in a no, the bastards? <laughs> I wish I could be like that. I'm a fucking neurotic nut. But you would have to say that he but was Jer- the best Jerry, guy. Jerry is the same way. Very laid back, very chill, very cool. Likes to fucking talk to people. He's very outgoing, very friendly. Meanwhile, I start to fucking twitch and shake and fucking everything else. See, I don't know how much of this you're bullshitting me and how much of this no, is I'm serious. True. He'll tell you. He'll tell you how many times at the convention he said to me, hey, what's the matter? I go, nothing. I just, I, you know, I just start to, I just get very fucking socially anxiety. Right. Now plus, that- I, plus, I feel like I don't speak English half the time. I'm talking to my wife the other day, and I'm talking stuff, and I'm going, what, what am I talking about? I said, just don't even, just ignore everything I just said. I can't even ask for a glass of water without fucking it up. You're speaking in tongues. Yeah, it seems like that. It's, 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 maybe soon we'll have this conversation about the, the brain issues I have, but it's just... There are plenty of times I just look at my kids and I say something. They just look at me like, what? <laughs> and then my wife will say, what he meant to say is this. They go, thank you. <laughs> There's like an interpreter. Yeah. Well, okay. So traveling with Spike, traveling with guys like Jerry, you know, are probably good for people who might be a little bit more on the high strung side, right? It, it kind of mellows. Does it bring you down or not bring you down, but does it kind of calm you to be around other people like that? Only certain people. Okay. Like Spike and Jerry, people I'm friends with. Right. You know, I don't mind. It, it's very nice. It's very relaxing. It's, I can be, they know how I get, so they don't, and they don't, they don't make a big deal of it. They're like people when they say, oh, we got to cheer you up. No, you don't have to fucking cheer me up. You don't need to fucking do shit. I'm fine. Now, have, have you ever had a panic attack? <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, every morning you wake up and look at this face. Oh, Jesus. Holy fuck. I've been my my poor wife. No wonder she got a dog. Oh my god, that's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> poor angel. Oh, she is an angel. I'll be right back. Wait, Hold on. Wait, wait. Hold on. We'll be right back. Hey, front row material podcast fans. It's friend of the show, Lucha Freddy. Well, I say Lucha Freddy. Lucha Freddy is my Twitter, Instagram, and all the social media handles. I don't know why people seem to refer to me as that name. I'm actually Freddy Mercurio. Back from the dead, luchador rock star. I know, why would anyone make that mistake? Well, that's their numpty fault. I mean, seriously. So, Let's get to some serious business. You seem to like wearing t-shirts. You're wearing a t-shirt, are you not? Was it, hang on a minute, you're not? Why, oh dear, no, we need to get you corrected. Right, go, go onto your computer device. Apparently phones do this as well. Go to prowrestlingtees.com, slap in a forward slash, and add F-R-M-P-O-D. This will get you to the Front Row Material podcast designs. Apparently, they're absolutely gorgeous, rather sexy, and will give you additional points in all forms of gorgeousness. Uh, I should point out, this last part is not necessarily guaranteed, but there is one general consensus. It's a kind of magic. Anyway. I'll let you get back to the podcast. Oh, make sure you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Lucha Freddy and check out my stuff. Because it's, it's really, it really is a kind of magic. Well, Jerry's not here because he got bit by his dogs. Mikey is, I don't know, getting something to eat. 
going to take a pee. He's going to go pee. I just heard his bathroom door. With that being said, let me talk about something fun. We've talked about it before on the show, but let's talk about it right now. Blue Chew. It is one of our favorite products. Guys, if you just want to enhance what's going on in the bedroom right now, and you just want to kind of have that little extra on the top, go to bluechew.com. I'm going to spell that out for you. B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Now, Blue Chew is comparable to the other products like Viagra and Cialis. You don't have to go ahead and have any food on your stomach. You can take it on an empty stomach. Once again, there's no awkward doctor's visits or conversations. Go to bluechew.com. Go ahead and put in promo code ECW. It's free. Pay the $5 for shipping. Hey, guys, get your dick hard. Have some fun in the bedroom. Chew it and do it. Man, I tell you what, you are the, uh, you either, did you, uh, you either the, or... did you, did you and Jerry hold down the fort while I was gone? We did well. Yes, we did. Good. Now what happened? <laughs> I think you either what peed. Did I miss? What, what did you, did you pee or did you, uh, did the blue chew kick in? No, the blue chew didn't kick in. No, I was, uh, checking on my son. Oh, okay. Because he's in my, he's in my daughter's room. He's snoozing. Is he out for the night? He's out for the night. Well, nice. see what happens. We you, you rushed me in this podcast thing to record it, <laughs> and I didn't have a chance to get to the bed fully. <laughs> so I said to both of my daughters, room, I "said You better make it not make any fucking noise." Wow. So we are right. all about the pre-production here, aren't we, Mikey? We, we always make sure that everything is lined up, perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're big e- on that. ECW style, just on the fly, whatever the fuck happens. <laughs> Booking the shit on a goddamn napkin. Coming up with stuff as the call is being dialed. What are we going to talk about? Shit. But, so... Hey, we have four (laughs) listeners. I wonder why. Hey, we haven't been canceled yet. That's a positive thing. That's because we have a contract. That's true. That's true. They're locked in. I'm waiting for it. What? You know, guys... (laughs) (laughs) It's been fun. It's been real, but it hasn't been real fun. (laughs) That's true. We're going to have to let you go. Oh, SoundCloud, here we come. Um, Mikey, you know the thing you say you're here for a good time, not a long time? <laughs> well, how about neither? <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Oh, shit. I will go fuck myself now. <laughs> Pop your Bluetooth first. It'll feel better. So, okay, looking back on on Spike, what would you say was your defining Spike moment that you remember? I can't look back. I got a bad neck. <laughs> if you were to swivel around, was there a there, moment that there, you went, "Holy there's, there's, shit!" There's, there's a guy at work who I call the Piano Man <laughs> because his shift ends at four o'clock. Come like three fifty nine. He, like, stands up at his desk. His chair goes flying behind me. Stands up on his keyboard. <laughs> Waiting to hit that clock out button. Wow. So he's standing like Billy Joel. I call him, <laughs> I call him the fucking piano man. And then at 4 o'clock, he just fucking blows by everybody. So I came back and the other day, I said to this guy, Joe, I said, I'm surprised you're still sitting in your seat and composed here. After Hurricane Yanuzi fucking blew by at 4 o'clock. <laughs> Oh, did I just drop his name? I did. Uh-oh. You think he listens? Well, we're going to fucking find out. We're going to find out. It's a good thing I'm the boss. This is <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you should actually force your employees to listen to the show. No. No. No? No. They get, they get the show every fucking day. <laughs> Live. Live. Oh, what well, you know what? We they get were... the uncensored version. Wait, hold it. You're trying to what? tell me in some way, shape, or form you're censored when we talk? Oh, yeah. So we haven't fully experienced the Mikey Whipwreck uncut, full throttle experience yet? Oh, no. If you ever get me in a live show where there are no recording devices. <laughs> oh, that that might just be something that might uh, trip some triggers, if you know what I mean. Because honestly, I give zero fucks about you, anything. You have no more fucks to give. 
I have no more fucks to give. This is the field in which I groweth my fucks. As you can see, I'm not a goddamn fucking farmer, and my field is barren. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Live show. That would be something. Well. It would be. If it happens, that would let be me hold, cool. Let me hold my breath. Hold on. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Well. I tell you, this is fucked up we without Jerry. It is, because this would be perfect for, for Jerry to jump in here, but I don't think Jerry's Jerry would be jump in, be the fucking nice guy. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jerry, for getting mauled by dogs and not being able to perform tonight. What the fuck? Good grief. He's laying on his couch smelling like Alpo. Oh, man. Feel bad for him. But there is something that I do want to announce to everybody. And, Mikey, What's that? What's I want you to jump in here as well and help oh, me make this go. major announcement. You guys enjoy the different impersonations what that Mikey Whipwreck does, right? Everyone what? does. Everyone enjoys them. You want to you want to fill me in on this one? Well, you, you know where I'm going, don't you? It was in the pre-production meeting. Our pre-production meeting is, hey, what time do you want to get on? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you enjoy, and I I'm guess not, we're not talking about Spike. <laughs> we're, we're coming back to that. This is just a small pause. Oh, if you oh. enjoy. The Iron Sheik, if you enjoy the Mick Foley, if you enjoy the Terry Funk and the countless other impersonations Mikey Whipwreck does, this is a chance for you to get into the action as well. So Front Row Material is going to be holding their very first impression off. You like hold that on, impression hold off? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got an email. Yeah? From WWEshop.com. Okay. 50% off tees. Oh, my. I see the Usos. There's a Seth Rollins shirt. I wonder if they could fuck when they do a coupon too. <laughs> One's a Finn Balor demon statue shirt. I like the demon. Yeah. Do you do you do a good demon? Do you do a good like scary voice? <sighs> Slam jam death. <laughs> That was the Undertaker that that uh, he had a WrestleMania album. That was an Undertaker says, "Slam." <laughs> anyway, what would what would Hawk say if someone had an accident in their pants in a match? Speaking of <laughs> accident in the pants, <laughs> oh my God. We're, we're potty training Parker. <laughs> okay, this is day. This is day five. Hold on a second. And let we, me tell you we something. We are everywhere. Let We're me about tell you to something. introduce something new. Then you get an email. Holy shit. Let me tell you something. Okay. This kid. <laughs> Holy shit. <coughs> he. He pooped in his pants. <laughs> and let me tell you something. For you parents to be, or parents that have experienced this already. When your son poops in his pants and he's not wearing a diaper. Oh, shit. And he's wearing fucking undies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't wash him. Just turn on the fucking shower. Take the fucking nozzle down. Hose him down like a fucking criminal. <laughs> and take the pants and just throw them out. I was going to say, do you just pitch him? Yeah. Okay. There's no point in like rinsing and, you know. You can throw them in the washing machine. No, no, not these. There'd be a clog. Oh, this was bad. Yeah. Well, that that's a champion then right there. He's doing great on the pee-pee on the potty. Right. He's doing phenomenal. But the whole poop on the potty, not so much. Do you guys do the Cheerio thing? No. You know what I'm talking about, right? He's sitting down at the moment to pee. Hey, sitting and tucking, there's nothing wrong with that. He, we're starting him that way. Right. Because I'm not, you know, I can just fucking imagine. <laughs> it's like me in a drunken stupor. There's just no way. 
Yeah, when you're when you're drunk, you really you really have no concept of spatial relation to where things are supposed to be. No. Have you ever Not peed particularly. in an inappropriate place? What do you mean? What's an inappropriate place? Well, a place other than a bathroom. Have you ever just either been drunk or under the influence of something and just said, screw it, I'm going right now? No, I'm not an animal. <laughs> I'm a civilized <laughs> human being. Are you still injured right now? Oh, my back's all fucked up. Yeah. But that's that's from the fucking mud. Right. What I thought that was pain? from the sneeze in the car. No, well, no, it started with the dog. He fucking attacked me at the kitchen sink. That's when he took your legs out from underneath yes. you when you were doing that dishes. Was, that was the beginning. Okay, that was the start. It's been fucked ever since. The sneeze, well, <laughs> it, was the, it was the cough when I was getting the, out of the car. Right. You coughed. When I had, and then, when I had fucking bronchitis, when I had, uh, you know, constant asphyxiation. <laughs> How do you feel now? Not too bad. I feel pretty good, actually. About 80%, 90%? Eh, 31. 31? But for me, that's pretty good. Oh, my God. You still get that, what, 35, 40 minutes of sleep a night? Yeah, that's about that. Like like, like Jimmy Papadon, he says to me, he always goes, hey, Mikey, how you feeling, boss? I go, well, let me put it this way. I never feel good. I always feel like shit. I just hope not to feel worse. Oh, my God. Wow. Yep. I feel like shit. I just hope not to feel... Wor- What's worse than shit? Uh, have you seen my son's pants lately? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Wow. No, I, I never expect to feel good ever again. If you like what Mikey does with his impersonations, and they're, they're wildly popular, do you have a good impersonation? Is there a wrestler or a manager that you do really well. If there is, what we want you to do is this, okay? Here are the instructions. We want you to go ahead and record a video. Go ahead and tag us in that video. FRM pod, you can tag me in it as well. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and upload that to Twitter. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna collect submissions. We will tell you when the cutoff date is for submissions, and then we are going to go ahead and have time, uh, type of a, a round robin type of thing until we get down to the final best promo slash impersonations, and then we are going to go ahead and find out who is the best impersonator listener of front row material. What do you think about that, Mikey? That sounds good. I'm excited about this because you guys like the Iron Sheik, you like all the ones that we do. We know that you guys are huge wrestling fans. We know you guys are really good at this stuff too. So let us hear it. Cut your best promo, cut your best impersonation, tag us in it, let us know. Next week, what I'll do is I will give you the deadline for submissions. We will go ahead and we will play those clips and then we will obviously whittle them down based upon our American Idol judge panel, which is gonna be myself, Jerry, the Halifax Matt. We'll let you guys vote on it as well. Until we get the best impersonation. Well, I don't get to vote. Do you want to vote? No. Okay. Well, then you're not going to fucking vote. So I'm this abstaining. Is good. You're you're abstaining. Yes. Hey, but whatever you do, don't abstain from sex. By all means, head on over to BlueChew.com. Go get yourself some nice pills. They're good. They're going to make your life so much more fun. Use promo code ECW, guys. Remember. It's free. Just pay $5 for shipping. Oh. Any other memories of Spike Did we talk Dudley? about anything on this episode? We did. Or was this we like talk- fucking Seinfeld? We, we, I will tell you this right now. I have ADHD. I haven't had my medication. I know you have a touch of that. Without Jerry, this is a shit show. I tell you, we are all over the place. We well, had a, cli- we had, we had a section for I like to consider for, myself for open-minded. <laughs> what? What? We had a section for, <laughs> you You literally let it off with, if you're going to become a parent, or you already are a parent, and we went into shit pants. I tell you what, we, we were everywhere. It happens. It does. It really does. Have you ever shit your pants as an adult? No. No? I, I, I get a pretty good finger. <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. 
Oh my. I can honestly say did not see that one coming. That's what they Oops. I don't even know where to go from there. But no, I here's my pants. Here's what I will say. If you cruise on our ProWrestlingTees.com, you can go ahead and get your Mikey Whipwreck merchandise. You can get your Jerry Lynn merchandise. You can also get your Front Row Material merchandise. If you want to use the coupon, by all means, use it. Ugh. Mikey says don't use it, but hey, it is what it is. You can also head on over to our show's website, and you can get all of the merchandise that you hear us talk about. we got brand new ones that are coming out all the time, designed by the Halifax Matt. You've heard us talk about him before. He's the guy who comes up with these. If you head on over to shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash FRMPod, you can get all of your merchandise there. All the news, everything that is front row material is over at the website. You're still doing those Etch-A-Sketch uh, signings too, right, Mikey? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Now, what's the price on those? Eh, $1.99. All right, for Jerry Lynn, who's recovering on his couch, for Mikey Whipwreck, I am Mike Freeland. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Front Row Material. Once again, if you'd like to continue this conversation on social media, you can follow the boys at It's Jerry Lynn. You can follow Mikey Whipwreck at Mikey Whipwreck underscore, and you can follow me at Mike Freeland. Until then, we'll catch you next time on Front Row Material. Back Row Material. Something like that. I mean, who the fuck wants to sit in the front row of this shit show? <laughs> I wouldn't pay full price. You better have a coupon. I was about to say. Good deal. I got it on Groupon. Oh, that's even worse. The world of NLW Radio never stops. <laughs> Fucking Groupon, that's like the... Ah. Uh. <laughs> Fucking Groupon, are you kidding me? That's worse than living social. Ugh, <laughs> oh, fucking Groupon.